Life isn't about avoiding the bruises. It's about collecting the scars to prove that we showed up for it. Join Nikki Seberini for the next hour as she explores heroism through illness. There is a warrior inside each of us. This is Life Links with the DL Link. Life Links is a funding initiative of the DL Link. I would like to welcome our first guest. He's no um, a stranger to High FM, um, but to the DL Link show. I don't think he's been on before. Um, it's wonderful to have him on the show, David Abramson, who is a clinical psychologist and he specializes in parenting, child therapy, and adolescent therapy. David, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Nikki. It's only a pleasure. So as I said, I started off saying I'm feeling pretty traumatized and pretty anxious just listening um, over a period of 15, 20 minutes and hearing the rockets and hearing the sirens. And we're living through stressful times, David. Um, as a clinical psychologist, you must be very busy. Nikki, unfortunately, uh, it, it is the case. And I think there's a lot of, um, you know, as you say, trauma happening all over the world. I mean, we, you know, you spoke about the, the coronavirus and, uh, you know, when we talk about this kind of situation, like the coronavirus and the situation that we see in Israel, we're not only talking about a trauma, you know, we actually then start talking about a complicated trauma. And really that's when the exposure, um, is, is multiple, you know, to the, to the trauma or it's ongoing. And that creates a lot of complications because, you know, normally when you have an event, which is a traumatic event, um, one can deal with it, one, one speaks about it in, in retrospect, one talks about being safe again, um, and that's not happening, you know, when it comes to certainly the situation in Israel and uh, these waves that we see with, with the coronavirus. So, so definitely, as the name implies, becomes a lot more complicated to deal with. Mm. So, so David, let's actually look at what trauma is. I mean, you mentioned uh, an event. We we hear about an event when you're younger, older, whatever it is, loss, illness, abuse, abandonment. What what is trauma? What how can one define it? It's a very broad term, and I think for me, it's really is uh, experiencing uh, an, an event that causes one to not be able to function in the world um, as one did before. And, uh, you know, I suppose like in psychology and many things in psychology, it's all kind of on a continuum from, um, you know, less severe to extremely severe, where people actually um, from an emotional, physical um, way cannot function again in the world. And that's really what trauma therapy is about. And it's interesting, you know, when we talk about psychology, gee, it's so new, Nikki. It's, like, it's only like, yeah. a, it's like 100 years old, which might sound a lot, but... You know, there are so many different types of psychology um, approaches or psychological approaches. Um, and uh, But it's interesting, when it comes to trauma, um, I say the majority of therapists, uh, psychoanalysts, kind of agree that there's one particular way of going about things, which is really reassuring, you know, that there is a roadmap to follow when it comes to trauma, which is, which is, as I say, it's, uh, it's not often that psychologists agree on, you know, on the right way to do things. Yeah. Okay. So that's, so that's fantastic. I mean, it's good to know that there's a roadmap. There's a way forward. There's kind of a way back. So, so let's go back to this idea that there you have something happens and you're not able to function as you did before. 
So the interesting thing about uh, trauma, you mentioned psychological, you mentioned um, physiological. Why is it that some events, something that can take place, would would stop you from being able to function as you did before? What is it about that trauma? Is it because it's uh, both a psychological and a physiological um, uh, uh, phenomenon or thing that takes place? Well, you know, again, you know, trauma can take such it can look so different in so many scenarios, but really. Mm. It does, you know, have a emotional effect. So, um, and, and it's very interesting because I think that is, you know, when we look at how we deal with trauma, you know, there's two real aims. One is in, you know, in the intervention and one is to reduce the intensity of the person's feelings, uh, and physical emotions to the event. And the other one is around education. And, and, um, it's very important that, that these two things are done in that trauma uh, counseling process. And I think the reason for that is, is because, um, you know, it is all invasive. It very, very much is, you know, when certainly in severe situations, but even in minor situations can really have, um, as we said, an emotional effect with people, um, you know, for example, and this is where the education comes in. I think it's so important um, that we, that we educate people who have gone through a trauma that what they're going to experience is kind of abnormal, an abnormal response, or sorry, a, a, a normal response, if we want to call it that, to an abnormal situation. So that mm. their responses are not unseen, unheard of. This is actually something that we would expect them to experience. And that's very, very, I think, holding and very, very affirming for people who, who, have, who are experiencing these symptoms because then they kind of, you know, when you preempt it and say, Watch out for these um, physical and emotional responses that many people have. It's oh, I'm not alone. These people yeah. know, that, you know, that this has happened to other people. So the education side, I think, is so so important um, mm. to let the person who's going through the problem know what they sh- what they most likely are going to experience, um, and and to know that in most situations they will subside over time. David, we're going to take a break. After the break, let's start focusing on on children, on adolescents, the impact that trauma has on their brain and, and how, as a parent, we can um, identify the symptoms so we can take the necessary steps. Please hold. We'll be right back. Hi, FM, your station of choice since 2008. I'm Nikki Seberini and we have David Abramson, who is a clinical psychologist on the show today. We're talking about trauma. Um, we're looking at children. We're looking at adolescents. Um, and just before the break, David, I said, how do we as parents recognize what are the symptoms if our children are suffering, are suffering, um, from, um, trauma and how, how does it affect their behavior? Like what, what is actually happening to their brains? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, as we said, when, we, when it comes to education, I think that's, um, you know, such a crucial part of the trauma debriefing, the trauma counseling. And when it comes to children, I think not only about educating the, you know, the children, um, and speaking to the children, even adolescents, but also educating the parents about what to look out for. And so I think that's a fantastic question. And part of the, you know, part of the, uh, debriefing will involve actually running through a checklist which I can give you um, to, yes. to experience, you know, um, and, and again, um, if, if, if or your adolescent is experiencing these after having some kind of trauma, uh, traumatic event, um, and as we said, that can be, you know, a variety of things, 
you know, um, these are the things to look out for and, and would probably tell you that they need um, to see a counsellor, uh, specialist, uh, traumatic or trauma counsellor or a psychologist or social worker. And the kind of things are very, often very obvious, like their attention um, goes. So they're not, their concentration is really poor. Um, they can't concentrate on their work. They can't concentrate on things that they, no, they normally could. And, mm-hmm. and then you also look at mood, especially with adolescents. We look at irritability, um, a lot more irritable. And, you know, parents would say, geez, teenagers are already irritable. But we look at even more Exactly. You know, it's even more irritable than usual. Um, and for younger children, withdrawal um, and um, also feeling down. And then we, and, and then eating and sleeping is definitely affected. Uh, we see uh, a changing eating patterns, a changing uh, sleeping pattern. So, for example, with eating, you would see them eating more or less than usual. And with sleeping, it would be, you know, they'd want to sleep more again. Like, for example, in the afternoon, or they, uh, you know, um, you know, find it difficult to fall asleep or wake up in the middle of the night. They'd also be experiencing, you know, often they would have flashbacks about an event where they literally are seeing like a movie or or stills flash into their minds about the event that they experienced. Um, and these are, you know, intrusive thoughts that come into their heads. Um, and then, you know, in some, in some circumstances, uh, there will be this hyper alertness where um, there'd be a bang, a closing of a door, and there'd be a complete overreaction uh, to that noise because the body, um, and, and you were talking about the brain, is on this hyper alert. You know, we talk about this, I'm sure, Everyone's heard about the fight or flight response. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're not as human beings meant to stay in this fight or flight response. We're meant to, you know, kind of, you know, have the event, um, deal with it. Either we, 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 you know, I always think of a snake in the game reserve because I, I, I'm, I'm scared of snakes. So <laughs> it makes two of us. <laughs> so, so, you know, we see a snake, we're either going to, you know, uh, sorry for the, the nature lovers out there, kill it, or we're going to, and or we're going to run. But then it's going to be over, and then our bodies can reset to normal. You know, the cortisol levels reset. All the all those chemicals in our brains which help us deal with that trauma then should reset and go back to normal. Um, and uh, and and again, that's where the trauma comes in, is and, and that's where things get complicated uh, when we start seeing things like in Israel, where you know it can't reset because we're having this ongoing trauma. Right. When we see, you know, our bodies are not able to say, right, that, you know, the snake, excuse my, <laughs> you know, uh, for snake lovers, the snake is dead. So now we can reset and we can look at things in a, in a rational way because we keep, keep experiencing the trauma and, mm-hmm. and in a, in a different kind of way. But I would say similar is the coronavirus where we're moving yeah. from wave to wave where we, um, as soon as we have finished with one wave and we seem to relax and get over it, we have to move to another one. And, uh, well, we're not have to, but we do seem to be moving to another one. So these symptoms really would tell us if someone is really not coping with, uh, with, uh, a traumatic situation. But it's important to point out that they don't have to experience all of them. You know, there's, th- this is quite a long list. And, uh, you know, a, a, uh, if they are experiencing some of these, one would say at least five of these symptoms, um, over a period of time, we're talking seven to ten days, then we should really be looking at um, some kind of uh, therapeutic invention, intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, there's a lot of controversy about, not controversy, maybe debate around when to have a trauma debriefing. And um, there's a lot of talk around, um, you know, the therapeutic world where there's this uh, 
thinking that, you know, you can't and you shouldn't have it too soon after the event because one is in this absolute state of trauma um, and that the therapy actually wouldn't be as effective as if one had to wait a couple of days. So certainly, um, you know, that's, that, that is being debated. But absolutely, what I would say is that, to, you know, counter that point about saying, you know, 10 to 7 to 10 days, if someone has had a trauma, a significant trauma, that is obviously a trauma. Uh, mm-hmm. And the person is, for example, a hijacking or being attacked at home or, you know, something really, really traumatic that's obviously traumatic. Then clearly one should seek uh, a trauma debriefing within um, a day or two after the experience. Wow. Thanks for that, David. And thank you for that list. I think very helpful um, for parents who are listening. We only have a couple of more, a couple more minutes left. And there is one question I want to ask you because this is the DR Link show. So for children whose parents, other family members who have been diagnosed with cancer, and that is such a trauma and they're living with that. You're talking about this ongoing trauma and there is the ongoing trauma and to have to witness a loved one's health deteriorating. I know this is a huge topic uh, in and of itself. Um, As well, David, do does this, do these lists, uh, does this apply? Well, it's a, I think it's a, you know, obviously it's an absolute, it is a trauma to see and an ongoing trauma to see one. Um, if you're a child, you see one's parent uh, experience this, you know, this kind of deterioration, which is just heartbreaking. And you know, we often have this situation where, where a child or adolescent would come to therapy and say, um, how can this help me? How is this going to help my parents? How is this going to mm. make them better? And it's, and it's so important um, you know, to take that into account because I think um, we need to acknowledge that maybe um, you know, the talking therapy is not going to make them better if the situation, you know, unfortunately is, is a terminal one. But certainly what we can do, and I know this sounds, Nikki, it sounds so little, uh, and so maybe small in, in relation to a, to a terminal disease. But I cannot tell you how powerful it is to sit and listen and to allow a person to talk. And yeah. it, it, it you know, I, I, I've had so many experiences over, over the time that I've been a therapist where I've often reflected on a session and thinking I've really not helped that person very much because I didn't actively give advice. I didn't actively tell them what to do, how they can go about fixing this process. And uh, they would come back the next session and say how helpful it was just to talk. And I think these days especially, these days especially, uh, we don't do enough listening. Um, and so, yes, I think for me, when, 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 um, we are in a situation where someone is in a situation that we can't help from a physical point of view, it's so important to listen and then listen and to, and to, uh, reflect, um, their emotions. And it's, as I say, we can't underestimate how powerful it is. And then I think also very importantly with children to bring in, um, you know, their support. You know, we talk about bringing in, Family. We're talking about bringing in people who, um, you know, we call it the system that could also aid in understanding and supporting the person. So, so I think for me it is a difficult situation. It is a it's a complicated situation. But um, you know, I think absolutely by going to therapy, just by creating that space and allowing mm-hmm. it, you know the child to 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 unload and to speak about their feelings in a safe space, and that's. You know, that's why the therapeutic relationship is so important when it comes to therapy. Um, it's, it's, I always say it's, I think it's the most important thing that the child feels connected and feels safe with the therapist, um, and is able to express, um, very, very scary, vulnerable feelings with them. 
Yeah, so true. David, it's so valuable. Thank you. Thank you for spending very valuable time with us as well. And I'm hoping that um, parents who are listening, who are concerned uh, about their children, um, you know, they've taken note and they can take the necessary steps. And uh, as you say, there is a, a, a map forward. There is a way forward. Um, so we appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thanks, Nikki.